Welcome to God Yay or Nay. I'm your host, Noor Kidwai. I'm here to find out how we grow, transform, and become our best selves. How we create meaning in our lives. Come join me on my journey. Welcome to another episode of God Yay or Nay. This is your host, Noor Kidwai. Thanks for tuning in. My guest this week is Coach Lee Hopkins. Lee is an uh, expert in helping people develop uh, relationships, friendships, and overcoming loneliness. Honestly, I think it's such an on-point conversation we had today, just with issues like a lot of us are feeling, especially after the pandemic. Uh, it was such a fun conversation. I hope you guys enjoy. Please check me out on Instagram at NewerKidWhy. Like and subscribe to the podcast. Give it a good rating. That always helps. And we're part of the Comedy Here Often podcast network on 604 Records, so check them out too. Let's get into this week's episode, everybody. My guest this week, Coach Lee Hopkins. Welcome to another episode of God Yay or Nay. I'm here with Coach Lee Hopkins. Lee, thanks for joining me. Oh, I'm so glad to be here, Noir. That's thanks for having me. Oh, I, uh, I love the work that you're doing, and I, I, I'm really excited to have a conversation about like kind of what you talk about you talk about building relationships you talk about kind of overcoming loneliness and stuff like that uh mm-hmm. before we get into like these cool uh topics i i just want to kind of know a little bit about yourself let my audience know about yourself and just uh, maybe just give us a quick background of uh who you are and how you came into this whole uh this whole place of like coaching it's coaching. See, you had if you hadn't that said coaching, I would have gave you my entire life story. How did I come into being in existence? Back to the start of the universe. Well, there was this big bang. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, my name is Coach Lee Hopkins, and I help people make genuine friendships. I help people make lasting friendships and and meaningful connections. And I, I got into the space because I spent so much of my time, so much of my life just being absolutely lonely. I tried everything I could possibly think of. All the role models that I've seen like on TV, all the people that I've run into, I've tried to emulate what they were. And I found myself being so lonely. And we'll get into the story a little more, but I moved around a whole lot. And I went through a transition that I'd like to share here with you all. Okay, cool. Um, do you want to get into the story uh, first, you think? Or what do you think's better? Oh, oh sure. sure. Yeah, yeah. Get so, to... yeah, like, let's tell about your story. Like, uh, were you, were you, when, when you were moving around, was it pretty much to try to build friendships? Was that kind of your main goal? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That was uh, the main goal. So I basically grew up in a small town in Ohio. And I just never felt like I was comfortable there. I felt like there was always something missing or there was always something I couldn't share. I just couldn't be myself with anyone. And so when I moved to college, I went away to college, I had an opportunity to, to see new experiences and, and make new friendships and, and be with different people. But I was so scared to do that. I was so afraid to be open that I feel like I missed that entire experience. I grew up thinking, or I went through that experience thinking that it's everybody else's fault they all reject me they're all weird and 
I'm also weird, but man, how come they can't accept my weirdness? You know? Mm. So I grew up in, in, I, in that experience and I thought, wow, this is it. And so I moved again. So this time I was like, Ugh, Ohio is terrible. The whole state, boom, just get rid of it. Don't come for me for that. But <laughs> I don't live in Ohio now for a reason. <laughs> I was just joking. But I moved to California thinking that, well, it's going to be completely different. It's a liberal state. It's It's got avocados and, and people are free thinkers. It's so different, right? It's going to be so different than, than what I experienced in Ohio. But no one there really knew me. I had an opportunity to recreate myself. And sure enough, I found myself being absolutely lonely again, mm. again, again. And I did things within the state. Like one of the big things that I did that, that's really notable was organized as karaoke, um, like American Idol style karaoke. Okay. So yeah, it's uh, there's a Facebook page that's still out there somewhere where I used to post the events that were going to happen or all the karaoke nights. And I would show up at all the karaoke nights in the Central Valley. And I was kind of like a little bit of a celebrity. Nice. And uh, yeah, yeah, people would people would be like, hey, you know, like Norm from Cheers. Uh, hey, <laughs> Lee, they've got my drink ready. And they knew I was going to come in. They had my drink ready. And they were just ready to party and celebrate with me. And I, I still felt so lonely. Really? So lonely. Yeah. yeah. I still felt so lonely you know I, I think that it's I mean maybe that's something that you can relate to because like you're a comedian and I imagine you travel a whole lot mm-hmm. and I go to these shows I like to attract comedy never we won't discuss that ever but <laughs> <laughs> I like I, to go to shows and I, I see the comedians and after they're done they're like well gotta hit the road yeah, yeah. And okay, in that sense, I completely relate to it. Uh, especially when you're like traveling around. Um, the one thing when I when I'm building like a show that's just in one area and like one spot and it's like continuous. Yeah. Some, sometimes that does really help me build relationships with people like over the long term because you see them every week and then you start getting to know them more and like so that kind of helps. But you're right, yeah. completely when you're doing different shows every night that can be very lonely especially when you like absolutely kill a show and you're like on top of the world and people are coming up to you afterwards looking like looking at you like you're like really something different but like in deep yeah. inside you're just like ah fuck like no I'm not I'm just the same as all of you and like uh and then you just can't you know I'm like yeah I always had trouble because then all of a sudden it's like ah shit I gotta leave go to another show or something and then you just never build any kind of relationship with any of the people that actually admire you which it's like I can understand that feeling so let's continue though like you're with this uh karaoke um you, you yeah. started a very successful show, but you're still feeling this uh, loneliness. So uh, what happened yeah. after that? Well, after that, I decided that <laughs> California is a bum state. And <laughs> oh, so you're like, yeah, you're like, fuck the avocados. I got to move, uh, <laughs> move somewhere else. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I was just like, yeah, this is I, I'm, it's not for me. I actually. So one of the things that I did was. I wasn't able to, you know, willy nilly. I don't have, I don't come from a lot of money. Okay. I don't have, I make it sound like, oh, I just decided I'm going to move and I'm going to take everything with me because it's so easy for me to do. Some opportunities presented themselves. So I was working at a company and after I realized 
that the karaoke thing wasn't working for me. I was drinking a whole lot. Of course, I mean, just to keep up with it, I enjoyed drinking too. And, and it was just a lot of fun. So it came a point where I just kind of felt really, really, really sad, really, really sad. Like it was the worst sadness I've ever experienced. And I just had gone through a breakup and um, this person had shown me the, the movie called The Secret. I don't know if you're familiar with it, oh, yeah. but yeah, yeah. it's all about the law of attraction mm-hmm. and how you bring things to you. And I'm like, well, I wanted her close to me, but we broke up. So, but I'm going to try this thing. I'm going to try this thing. And I, I did. I, so what I did was I focused on something that I wanted and um, had an opportunity to, to learn about the office suite, Excel, Microsoft, all that, that stuff. I, I had the opportunity to use to use it at work. And I've never had that opportunity before, but it was incorporated into my job. And so I started taking some challenges and some work home mm-hmm. and focusing on those things. And I watched my priorities shift. So from going out to trying to connect to people, drinking, singing, trying to express my feelings through song, I watched them shift into the space where instead I wanted to stay home I was still drinking, but I was studying these problems that I brought home from work. I was learning more about Excel and I was learning more about the Microsoft suite. And I turned out, I turned out that I was able to start focusing on that more so than karaoke and connecting with people. I really like this thing. I really like the challenge. I really like learning. And it's the law of attraction. I started putting like things around to, to represent. I want, I know I want this thing in my life to, to use for work I mean, or something. I just wanted, I want to use it. I want to solve these problems. That's what I wanted to do. And I started hearing uh, um, like radio ads for, for this, or, you know, how the law of attraction yeah, 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 yeah. brings those things that you want to you. Yeah, so yeah. I saw myself getting opportunities. So the law of attraction, the way I understand it is that you focus on the thing you want and then you tell everybody about it. So the people who want to help you will come in. The people who don't help you, then don't want to help you or don't want to hear it, then you let them go. People will separate themselves for you. Yeah. And I did that. I told everybody, I was like, hey, um, supervisor, can you give me a mock interview? Uh, such and such, can you give me a mock interview? And lo and behold, I reached out to the HR representative and they said, there's a new opportunity opening in Chicago. Brand new position it's just right for you because you've been with this company so long and here are all the skill sets that you can demonstrate. Boom, I got that position and here I am in Chicago. That's what happened. That's how I left. It wasn't that I just came for money and picked up and left. I had an opportunity, it presented itself and here I am. So here I am in Chicago and guess what? Guess what? You'll never believe what happened. I was so lonely. (laughs) lonely with less avocados no (laughs) (laughs) i know this was it was the worst so i come to this windy city and i i feel like i'm doing something completely different and i find myself in the position where i'm in the bars people know who i am they know my drink they i shut down the bar i'm able to stay behind i'm doing the same thing and I'm feeling so lonely though. I like, this is a special thing. Not everybody gets to stay and hang out and shut the bar down mm-hmm. and, and talk and, and smoke cigarettes and, 
and whatever. You're not able to do that, but I was. How did I come out even feel special or important or, or seen or understood? Didn't at all. And I just couldn't figure it out. Couldn't figure it out. And so I went on the transformation. This is the part where I start to transform. So um, honestly, shortly after I got to Chicago, I realized that I've been hiding myself. And so I know I told you that I was lonely in Chicago and I thought, well, I was going to do something different. I did. One of the first things I did when I came here was I transitioned. So I was born female okay. and I transitioned to male when I came to Chicago. So that was about seven years ago, six years, I'll say six years ago. I've been living like this as male and I like what my face looks like. I like what my body feels like. I like those things. And uh, I thought that when I transitioned, I would have it all. Like I thought maybe that was just one thing that I needed to change and then I'll have it all. And uh, it wasn't true. I had a girlfriend at the time who understood the transition, which is something that is powerful and, and difficult to find because my body is a whole explanation to another person. Mm -hmm. And so I thought, well, this is it. This is exactly when I needed, I transitioned, I transitioned, had the girlfriend, had the job, the analyst job, I had the, the, had more money than I've ever made before. And I'm living in this great city full of a bunch of people, like millions of people. What is wrong here? Why am I not happy? Why am I not connected with people? I'm not even connected with my partner, my girlfriend. I wasn't. So all this experience has, has taught me that Moving from Ohio to California to Chicago wasn't the answer. Transitioning from female to male wasn't the answer because that just came with a whole set of rejection. Mm -hmm. That just came with a whole, a whole new, a whole new level of rejection. Mm -hmm. So what I discovered is that it's all about loving myself. So. What I was afraid of in Ohio and California and early here in Chicago is being rejected, just being rejected, period. Whatever I'd said, whatever I do, whatever I presented myself as, I was terrified that I would be rejected. And I just kept doing things that would make it worse for me, unknowingly, unknowingly. So, um, <laughs> I have to share that like I laugh because I think about how I can reflect and be okay on these experiences now yeah yeah <laughs> right but uh, when I transitioned I looked for a, a group of people to help support and I'm in Chicago there's millions of people here I found the group and I still felt lonely I'm like what what are you doing Lee what are you doing no matter what I did no matter what I presented myself as or what I shared or what I thought I knew, I just thought people are going to hate me. And getting rid of that idea of how people are going to hate you or people are going to hate me is what led me to feel more free and is what led me to be a coach. Long-winded answer. No, no, but, but I... There you go. <laughs> uh, yeah, on, honestly, I, I think it's important for people to kind of get your past before... Um, 
we kind of dive into like some of what you teach because that 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 that, that pass is important and like it actually makes us connect with you even more because like now we're we're kind of like okay we've been through that uh those kind of situations and then yeah the whole idea of being afraid of rejection i completely understand that and i think that's something so many people uh deal with and that's the reason we don't put ourselves out there and yeah. It's tough. I'm like, all right, so let, let, let's kind of like talk about this loneliness. I, it's something I, when I moved to Toronto, like four or five years ago, it was something that first year and a bit was really, really tough on me. And I feel, I felt like a lot of the same kind of uh, feelings it seemed that you felt when you moved to oh, yeah. like Chicago or to California. It's, uh, and then like, sometimes I did do what you were doing where I was like drinking a lot at night and stayed up late with people. But when mm-hmm. you come out of that, like, you know, because you wake up in the morning, you're like hung over and then you don't even remember too much of what happened last night. <laughs> exactly. So it's like you're not building any relationships there. You're not you're not building any real friendships. So I completely understand that. Um, mm-hmm. why, why, so like you deal with like a lot of people who are feeling lonely. Do you do you see some sort of like like a lot of stuff that you like that's connecting like the different people you work with like why are we feeling kind of lonely as a society right now because it feels like this is we're feeling more lonely than ever especially in big cities where there's so many people yeah absolutely uh, I think that you know there's definitely a trend which is uh, the biggest the biggest one that's really easy to look at is the rejection point as a lot of people don't really see that they're afraid of rejection they don't really see that they're afraid to be themselves. They kind of come around that as if they don't want to share something because they don't want to hurt the other person's feelings. Well, there's a whole thing to unpack right there. There's a feeling of trying to, I think, take uh, responsibility for someone else's feelings. Mm. And there's a, a lack of I take a deep breath because I'm trying to, to not coach here. I'm not trying, I'm not trying ah. to coach. And I want to make sure that I bring it down to this level where I'm like, I know I've had all my experiences and I want to be able to share this in a bite-sized piece mm-hmm. where trust is the biggest issue, the biggest issue between connecting other people. There's something that we don't trust about the other person. So we look at rejection. We don't trust them to be gentle with our feelings or we don't trust them to um, accept our feelings. Mm. Something about that. And I find that that happens a whole lot because we're just not able to actually see and be with each other. I think that we are distracted a whole lot. And definitely because of the pandemic, we've had an opportunity to really sit with ourselves and it makes us uncomfortable. It really makes us uncomfortable to, I've seen clients just like, you know, I need something else to do. That's why we're always watching TV. We're eating something. I listen to music. We're, they're drinking. It's everything that I've done. I just don't want to be by myself to discover myself. Mm. And that has been the trend. That has been the trend. Now we're seeing a little bit of some people were like, Hmm, I, I learned something interesting about myself and I want to deepen and I want to explore that and that's where you see relationships kind of either come together or disappear yeah 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 and uh that's actually a good point like you when you and like disappears a good point as well too because it's true (laughs) like when you learn more about yourself you 
you kind of you do see like other relationships that might be more toxic to you and like you become aware of that and like something that's not serving you anymore and then you want to find deeper relationships that like help you grow and help you you maybe even find yourself a little bit more right yeah definitely you know I think the biggest distraction that we've had is the commute to work it's like you realize that oh the partner that you've been with for eight years now you have to see them 24 hours a day (laughs) (laughs) instead of instead of the regular you know eight hours or whatever (laughs) yeah yeah well honestly I live I live the exact opposite uh, pandemic life than that I like was uh, alone in my place for eight hours or whatever yes man so was I honestly um honestly I was feeling that too it was it was like um I really worked hard to to try and, and connect people online, but it it looked like through through Zoom, like everyone, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But you you know how it is. It's like it's not quite. It's not the same. It's the same. It's, it's not the same. Um, so like I, I've been reading a lot of your blogs and stuff, and I really enjoy them. Um, one thing you talk about is the three social myths. Can you share that with my audience? The three social myths. Well, uh. You know, I would like to share something else with them. <laughs> All right. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, because, uh, you know, Three Social Myths is basically um, um, my story that I just shared with you. It's oh, okay, a, okay. And the, the, I didn't call out the Three Social Myths per se in mm-hmm. the story, but the biggest one is rejection. Just rejection. Okay, okay. Uh, you're, you're going to be rejected and that's unhealthy for you essentially. But rejection is important because just as I said, with the law of attraction, you've got somebody, you want to share what you have with them or what you want or what you need. And they either like it or they don't. And you can decide. Mm-hmm. They, they make that decision for you. They help you. So that's one of the things. But I, I'd like to, to share a little something along the lines of what we were talking about um, yeah, with okay. um, connections and people with uh, the three ends. I call them for Ben for for creating boundaries. Okay. So they they are your needs, your negotiables, and your nevers. So this is what you get when we do this self discovery. We do self discovery. We're like, I need you to do this for me, person. I need you discover what your needs are. Yeah, yeah, is, yeah. And then I, that's actually yeah, that's a good point. Like that's one perfect thing about uh, learning about yourself is because like a lot of us still don't even know what we need like that's that's something you uh, figure out like uh, when you before you do any of this kind of self-discovery work it's like holy shit like I don't even know what to tell somebody is like this is what I need in a relationship exactly exactly you know so many of my relationships have gone some some interesting way so <laughs> um, yeah so along the lines of the need so I'll share with you one of the things that one of the relationships that I found myself in. So this is after I transitioned. Now, this is me trying again to to not be rejected, to figure out exactly uh, where the people are that like me. I'm still thinking that I'm afraid. So I go on. Uh, I don't know. I think it's Tinder or OkCupid, one of those things. Mm-hmm. And I find a magic guy, a magic guy. And I decide that I'm going to date this guy. Now, all right, I'm, I have transitioned just to give you a picture. I have transitioned. I sound like, I look like I do now. And uh, they know. Mm-hmm. So it's great. They matched for me before and they knew. So I'm like, all right, great. Now we, we like the kind of same things. We have a bit of chemistry and we start dating for a bit. And um, then we, about a month in, 
we hit this point where we have a disagreement. And I'm used to having disagreements where we start yelling, we throw chairs, <laughs> somebody's <laughs> crying, something is going to happen. And we have this disagreement and he's like, sit down, let's, let's talk about this. Let's talk. And then like, here's my feelings. He said his feelings. And that was it. You, Nor, I felt so uncomfortable. I wanted to run. Like, this isn't right. This is wrong. What, mm-hmm. This is what I needed. This is what I needed. As, as a person who wanted a healthy relationship, this is what I needed. But I didn't know this, this is what it looked like. Is this what it feels like too? So uncomfortable. It was so uncomfortable. But that's something that I needed. I didn't know that. And so now you know, I'm looking for that in my relationships. That's a, that's a need for me. And, and to be able to express that also, like, this is what I need from you. And it's just a simple disagreement. It's just like a month in, we're, we're not arguing over, you know, why do you buy a car? We have no big purchases or anything together. It's just a small, a small disagreement. And okay. yeah, I'm so used to being such a, in a different way. So that's a definite need and how it looks for me in a relationship. I know those things. I know that. Mm-hmm. And uh, so then there's your negotiables. Those are things that you kind of like, they're okay, but they're the behaviors that you'll tolerate or you won't tolerate or you'll tolerate, but you know, it's not going to make or break your relationship. Yeah, and yeah. then, and then there's your nevers. There are things that you just don't want to see them do and you can't tolerate. And most important thing about the never is that if you don't get them, if if you don't get that met, then you leave. Mm-hmm. You leave. You may give a. You may share again. Hey, this is what I don't like. You may do it twice, but if you do it three times, then it's like you don't even have that boundary. That's not a never. It's a negotiable. And a lot of us try to put those things into negotiables. Like we want to negotiate this because. We don't want to be rejected because we don't want to let go because we want to accept this about that person. We want to give them another chance. Yeah. We want to give them another chance. And yeah. that's actually a good uh, point about boundaries too. Like with your nevers, like when you're feeling really lonely and then you finally meet somebody and then they do one of those nevers or maybe even do it over and over again a lot of the times like we kind of like try to be like oh fuck like it's our fear of going back to that loneliness is that that's making us accept those nevers which is not a good idea like you're right those nevers like if it is something like this is a clear boundary that you're passing over like that means you shouldn't be getting in a relationship with somebody if they if they're really crossing over those boundaries because over time they're just going to keep doing the same thing and it'll be worse and worse so yeah, you're exactly. right. Like, uh, it's that fear of loneliness that uh, I, I would think, like, uh, you agree with that? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. There's to being afraid to be alone. And that has been every single relationship that I've ever been, except for that, the very last one where I talked about how we just kind of sat down, we had a nice, easy breakup. <laughs> when we, we didn't break up at that time, but we had a nice, easy conversation to break up. It wasn't uh, as intense, but the point is, is that just being afraid and lonely is the core of it. And I discovered that mm, it's not so much 
different from this feeling of being rejected. It's it's not really. So if I go up to someone and I, I say, um, hi, how you doing? And, and they run away from me. By the way, that did absolutely happen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it does happen. Yeah, yeah. It does happen. I mean, um, so <laughs> I, I, I feel that being alone, but having someone sitting next to you or, or watching television with someone sitting next to you who doesn't really care to, to understand how you feel is the same as having somebody run away from you. Mm-hmm. That's how it felt to me. I felt those same, that similar energy. And so I was like, well, well, I, I, in one of these situations, I'm stuck in one of them. I feel like I'm more stuck. And that was, that would be in a relationship like, oh, I'm, I'm constantly being rejected. Mm-hmm. I'm constantly feeling this rejection by this other person rather than just once by one person who is helping me make a great decision about how we are not good for each other. Mm-hmm. No, and I, I think that's a great way to talk about boundaries for sure. And I, I think learning those boundaries is something that's so important just to understand about yourself. So I appreciate you saying that. Um, you also talked about your last relationship. It was like a disagreement that kind of uh, like set it off a little bit. Uh, let, can I ask you, like, how do you look at Because like we live in such an, an opinionated uh, like time where everybody has their opinions. And like a lot of times if somebody's has a different opinion, like we kind of like shoot off at them or sometimes we don't even share our own opinions like Mm -hmm. because we're kind of afraid like we're going to get judged but that sometimes can even like if you're trying to make a friendship with somebody or a relationship like if you can't openly express what you believe and what you think that's not going to help and then if you're always constantly shutting down people (laughs) because they don't believe what you believe that's not going to help either like I don't know. Did you run into this kind of thing? And like you, uh, I don't know. How do you like look at that? No, that's fantastic. I love that you mentioned those things because that is the 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 thing that is that is one of the the driving forces that that pushes us away from each other. It's the fear. It's there's so much fear underneath. I want to stop saying fear, but <laughs> <laughs> that's where that's where most of the stems from, though. <laughs> yeah, I want you to believe in what I believe in, so I feel comfortable around you, and so I'm gonna shut you down if you don't say what I like you like what you want to say, mm-hmm. and that that creates a disconnect because everybody wants to be understood. At the mm-hmm. core of it, we want to be understood more than we want our next breath. We want people to know how we feel about things. We want people to demonstrate that they know how we feel about things. So when you go and you do a set and you kill out there, you're you're amazing. It's more beneficial. It feels better to have your friends who watch you work so hard on that, who watch you workshop it, who watch you put it together to come up to you and say, hey, congratulations, that was amazing. Because they know, you know that they know. Yeah. how much work you put into it, how much sweat, how much, uh, how much rejection you may have gotten, how much criticism that you had to take to change your jokes, whatever mm-hmm. you had to do, they know how much energy you put into it and they acknowledge it and they see it in you. That's what we want. That's the difference between having somebody see your set for the very first time and go, oh my God, it was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> There's a difference between that. And it's the same with us. It's the same with, with everybody else and, and what's going on. And so they're like, well, I don't know if I want to share my opinion with you because 
you know, I don't want you to shut it down because I don't want to feel small. Mm-hmm. I don't want to. And if we were able to, because you, you, you do really know what, what, what I'm really feeling behind, behind all of that. Like the person doesn't want to share their opinion. They don't really know what, what's, being, what's really being expressed, what their experiences are with it, why they're saying this thing. Mm-hmm. They have a whole world of, of life that they've experienced to come before they, they type that comment in, before they say something. And so the key to connection for me is that belief that everyone has their own experiences, one, whether they're saying something kind to you or they're saying something hurtful or they're, they're opening up just whatever it is, they're showing you a little bit of who they are. Mm. And the connection comes when you acknowledge that who they are, you acknowledge who they are. And there's no way to really know, right? So the idea that I use, what I press upon people is to get curious, get curious about what experiences this person has had. Try not to be judgmental because we have our own experiences that say, ah, you insulted me and (laughs) you don't know my life. (laughs) Right, all right, I understand, but it takes work. It takes being able to center yourself. It takes your, your own authenticity, but being curious about how other people feel, they want you to reflect that back to them. They mm-hmm. want to be seen and not judged. And so that's how we create our friendships and, and connections with people. It's like somebody can come at you and say the worst stuff. But if you are able to set your feelings aside and kind of put your curious cap on and think, what about their life has led them to leave that comment or tell me that experience? There must've been, I I always think there must've been something that happened that compelled them to spend that energy to come seek me out to share something awful or to share something amazing. I love that. And uh, that's, uh, honestly, the way you talked about it is such a perfect way to look at somebody else uh, when they say an opinion that you might love or hate, whatever it is, but like, it's a perfect thing. It's like, get into their skin and understand that they're their own person with their own experiences. I love that because that that's a very compassionate way to look at it. And it takes away the burden on yourself because like, if they say mm-hmm. something that like, cause, and even like in our society right now, if somebody says a different opinion and I feel it in me sometimes, somebody says an opinion that I really hate, I might get some anger bubble oh, yeah. up or I might get some resentment or whatever it is. And I'm just like, fuck this person. But in my head, it's just <laughs> like, you know, in my head now, like that's a healthy way to kind of look at it and just be like, all right, these guys have their own experiences and uh, kind of like, come from a little bit more of that understanding place and then you can kind of like understand that holy shit they're just human with opinions that I don't like and like when you get to that point like all that anger and that response that you might have that kind of dissipates and it's not really there and then you can kind of see them for just that person who has opinions that you don't agree with but if you look at them with that kind of uh face like a lot of times you can have more a better conversations 
And like that can kind of bring like change each other's opinions a little bit more, which is probably what we need a little more in society. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, North, I think you hit the nail right on the head when you sell that because it is, it also, I'd like to point out though, that it is also exhausting because like you just said, and when somebody comes up to you, go ahead, go ahead. I was going to say it's exhausting and you don't need to do it. If you don't want to do that, don't fucking do that. Exactly. <laughs> I'm not trying to say go convert fucking everybody into. <laughs> yeah. But I'm just saying, I mean, to your point with the, you know, when you see somebody, cause I know I, I feel it too. Like somebody posts something online and, or my, my, I, I'm in Reddit a lot. And some people go to Reddit and the, they're just like more anonymous than any other <laughs> because yeah, you don't yeah. have to have a profile or anything. So there's like, ah, I don't know, whatever, throw away account. You suck and you're a shitty person. Like, ah, why? Yeah. <laughs> why? <laughs> you suck and you're a shitty person. But you have to, I have to remember to do that mental work. I want to do that mental work. Sometimes I don't want to. Sometimes it's exhausting though. There's so much coming at you. You have to protect the integrity of, of who you are. Just to your point of saying that sometimes you get, angry I get angry and it's okay it's absolutely okay and the point it, the, what we'd hope what I'd hope and what I believe it makes a friendship is that that the person that I'm angry at could do the curious thing could be curious about me and let me express how I feel to them I would hope that but these people online are not <laughs> We're, but there's too many of us there's too many of us you can't convert every, you can't talk to everyone true, but the, but the, like he's saying I think that you said something along the I'm a paraphrase the, the idea of having um giving yourself a sense of peace because you're not so frustrated with what everybody else is doing you and yeah and you have to come from that quite honestly because you're always going to run into you're always going to run into opinions you don't like and it's just part of life and like you mm-hmm. want to you want to be able to have that center and not have that shake you I really believe that um but like so what you were talking about was such a good uh, piece of advice to deal with others opinions um now let's like I want to kind of talk about your own opinion and like trying to share what you believe and stuff like that with others I'll tell you with my experience with com- comedy um I used to be a little bit scared to kind of share my real opinions on stage because it demands a lot of vulnerability mm-hmm. and, uh, and it, you, and like you said, rejection. Like if I share an opinion that the crowd doesn't like, I feel that right away. And it's not, <laughs> a, yeah, it's not a fun uh, thing. But the other thing is when I share my opinions and I really start to figure it out, my real opinions, then I also, uh, get deeper connections with audiences but like it might only be a certain audiences like so I'm not every audience because I might like some of my opinions might turn off some audiences but like sharing and becoming more vulnerable and sharing those opinions truthfully be, uh, brings on a deeper connection and I, I really do think that might work with relationships the same way because I remember when I used to date in my 20s I would always try to like, uh, try to pretend I have the same opinions as like the women I'm dating. And just be like, yeah, you're right. What you said is completely correct. <laughs> and like, that's, that's not healthy. And like, I, and I always didn't want to share my opinions because like I thought their backlash was going to result in them leaving kind of thing. But the truth yeah. is when you share your opinions, even 
if you have a kind of disagreement, that disagreement can build a solider relationship because you get discussion, you get emotion, you get connection. Um, like, so how do you look at like sharing your opinions, um, especially as like in a, in a relationship kind of way? Yeah. And in, in the relationship, it's like, uh, I mean, I'm, I don't have any, any, uh, healthy relationships to draw back from. Ha, ha, ha. Well, like, uh, French, like when I say relationship, I, I, I include friendship as well. Yeah, I should start thinking about it that way because I'm over here separating them. Like, they're, they're so much different, but they're, they're not too much more different. You need a, I think you need a friendship before you need a relationship. Mm-hmm. And so that's probably why I don't have any healthy relationships to, to draw back on, or healthy romantic relationships to draw back on. Mm. But yeah, to be able to share yourself authentically and who you are is is the most important most important thing because you want that kind of intimacy with your friend. You don't want to be rejected. Like these are the people that are going to come support you when you have a problem. And if you're afraid to to tell them what your little problems are, like from the day to day, and afraid to show who you are from a day to day because you think that they're that you're boring which are interesting or that they don't want to hear it, then you don't trust them to say that to you. And you're facing, you're afraid of rejection because you think that they want, you think that you know, but you don't because you haven't given the opportunity to share, to share that. And that's something that has happened to me. That's something that I've just done. And that's why I wasn't able to create friendships. Um, I, when I was like in my early twenties, I got really, really, I was getting really, really sick as like I had a stomach ache. So I was uh, away for college and this was, um, I was just kind of used to not sharing anything with anybody. My needs or my wants, my negotiables, I had no idea what those things were. So I was used to that. I was drinking <laughs> a lot. So I started, I mean, I think college starts you off a career in drinking. That's, that's one thing that you'll get when you go there. <laughs> so I, I just woke up one day feeling really terrible. But I had it was the summer. I had to go to work though, and uh, I went to work and I was like not feeling great, and I was just eating a bunch of tums, and ugh, just not feeling great. The next day, you know, couldn't eat anything. I, I thought, well, you know, I wasn't drinking, barely could drink water. It's like, yeah, I'll go to work, and it's like, oh, you look like death. You need to go home. So I was like, yeah, I probably am gonna go do that. It's, dehydrated, not feeling well at all. And uh, I went to, I didn't want to go to the hospital because the bills are too expensive. So I went to this little emergency place for the campus on campus. And they were like, they basically looked at me and they were like, I know you in college, but you're stupid. Why didn't you go to the hospital? Because I was, I looked so terrible. I looked so terrible. So I went to the hospital and they pulled me, they, they pulled me in for emergency surgery. Uh, I had my appendix was Oh, no. blow. yeah, yeah. A couple of days, nobody, I didn't share that with anybody. All my coworkers kind of knew because they saw me, you know, things like that. And then nobody knew where I was. Nobody could help me when I was in the situation. And I was like, wow, this was in my early 20s. So I'm almost 40 now. And those experiences where I, did, I just could have maybe shared, hey, I'm not feeling well. Yeah. I'm not, yeah. I'm not feeling well. And I don't know what's going on, but I, I just feel like, you know, I'm sick and I, I was disconnected. And so I, my, my thing is, is that, well, how are you going to, su- how are your friends going to support you 
if they don't know about you. They don't know who you are. They don't know what's going on with you. The day to day, I thought well, nobody could be bothered by a goofy stomach ache. I'm just, you know, having a day. Yeah, yeah. You know, things like that. So it's really important to be able to just open up. And, and so that's an illness that I, I shared, but it could be anything. We're talking about what you like to do, what you have done today, and your commute to work, how it was, what you listen to on your way to work. It, it's all, they're all little details about who you are as a person. Opening up that up to other people makes a friendship. Uh, I love that. Um, yeah, I really love that, man. Uh, all right. Uh, you do like tell people like uh, talk about making meaningful conversations. Uh, can you give my audience maybe a little bit of uh, some tips on like making more meaningful conversations with people in their lives? Absolutely. Absolutely. And one of them right there, I just shared with you, talk about you, talk about you. And I don't mean like, <laughs> like just bleh. Yeah, I'm on yeah, a podcast, that's... so I get to do this. But you want to you want to share some important things about who you are. So when you want to connect with someone new, you want to talk. I, I like to to have a story about how I got to the point where I am today, where I'm in your face, where we're talking. Like there, there's something that has happened. There is this milestones that I've crossed, or there are things that I've done to get me to where I am. Like, so yesterday I went and I did some volunteer work. And so I basically, you know, told him, hey, I used to live here. I lived here. Now I live in Chicago and I have for such a long time. And I believe in this mission. Boom. You know, something that helped us get started. So that's a little bit of backstory about me and how we're here talking, things like that. And don't be shy about uh, the little details when you get into uh, connecting with people don't just say, I know that one thing happens often online, especially, is that people say, what are you doing? Nothing. Great. End the conversation. We don't need anything else. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think the, the conversations about uh, what we do day to day is important to show, illustrate who we are. And then also another deeper level, if you want to connect even deeper, we're going to talk about how you feel about those things. You want to talk... And usually when you meet someone, you want to talk about things that you enjoy, mm -hmm. that you're positive. And because there is so much of, of what we aren't, we already know that we aren't this. I aren't, there's a whole bunch of things that I'm not. Like I'm not, I'm not a white woman. I am not, uh, what, there's a whole bunch of things that we're not. There's a bunch of religions that <laughs> I am not. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that I was trying to get to. <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah. not. I'm not eating right now. You know, I'm not sleeping right now. There's a whole bunch of things that we're not. It's really great to identify positively the things that you are, things mm. that you want. So it gives a, a clearer picture of who you are to this person. They can clearly see you, you know? So I don't like this. I don't like that. I don't, uh, that's kind of hard to kind of see who you are. You say enough of, I don't like anything, then it's going to be like, you're a person who doesn't like anything. And that's so vague. That's not who you are really. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's one of the ways that you can connect with other people. Yeah. And that, uh, that does sound like something that is like, it has like a little bit of self, uh, like uh, development or self identification of just kind of knowing who you are. Like the more, you know, who you are, the more, you know, what you like. And that's, I like that. That's a perfect way to like communicate with people, like yeah. be very direct, tell them what you like, uh, tell them who you are, and yeah, be open about that because uh, the one thing I love about that, if the person you're talking to 
doesn't like any of that same shit or doesn't like who you are like you get to that rejection part quicker Mm -hmm. and that and then honestly like uh when we look at rejection it should come with a little bit of a positive spin of like i'm not i didn't waste my time and then you can get used to that because like when you do hit with somebody who all of a sudden is like oh shit like i like that too and like i'm into that too or like that's kind of like myself or oh i appreciate that like then you can from there you can actually start to build something a little bit more solid right yeah absolutely it's like to put it in the terms where you know you're on stage and you find your your find your audiences i did a like i said a, a little bit of stand up a little bit tried, oh, this, nice, tried. Nice. i tried i tried i tried and it, it's not about where you, it's sometimes it's not where you find your your uh your jokes and everything it's the audience if you find your audience the people who can really connect and they're like yeah i like that too and people know you're like yeah no one talks about this i like these talks. i'm going to go see him but i'm going to talk about that yes and people will be drawn to you in just the same way as soon as you identify who you are and what you want people are like yeah i want to hang out with this guy hell yeah um yeah. and no that's a great uh no i like that that's a great piece of advice uh Anything else you want to maybe toss on there before I move on? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'll, <laughs> I'll toss I'll toss on that, um, you know, uh, talking about things and events and places. They, they make conversation, but talking about how you feel about those things really makes a connection. Yeah, feel. like that, And that's a good word to use, feel, because feel drives emotion because when you say I feel this this is like I'm giving you my emotions with this which strikes an emotion in them if they uh feel the same or different than what you do and that's where yeah you're right that you can drive a conversation through that oh yeah then it's that you're not just talking facts you kind of kind of open up a little bit that's scary open up a little bit Mm -hmm, and then mm -hmm. and then if you got the emotion that they want they open up too and they're like ooh. And that's weird, but when <laughs> 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 you connect. Yeah, no, that's, uh, that's great. Um, I was also going to ask you when you, uh, uh, before, when you transitioned, like, did you notice like a different in like how you socialize with people, like, or the socialization of people, like when you were a woman to when you were a man? Oh, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. I've, I've sat in a couple of meetings where people knew that I transitioned and I, I, before I transitioned, so I mean, it, I was only in Chicago for a few months before I transitioned. So there people and mostly male and I have a conversation. I say something and the guy next to me, he said the same thing. And they were like, oh, wow, that was such a great idea. That happened. That happened. <laughs> yeah, and- I'm sorry. That, uh, <laughs> I, 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 like, I've met every woman, like every woman I know has but, had like a story exactly like that. <laughs> but then I also had the same experience is where, well, so now I'm aware of this and I've had it as my own experience. And then a woman comes and joins her team and she says, <laughs> I say And then you she say says, <laughs> and, and I say it. And it's like, I just repeated what she said. But I didn't say that. I didn't speak up for her. I was like, oh. I want you guys to like me. <laughs> but yeah, so the socialization is different. I, rec- I realized that you know, I went to a barbershop and I realized that men talk about women or, or things differently than they do with all males rather than any other, any females around. No matter if you're butcher or whatnot, the masculine presenting female is different. It just, it just is. Mm-hmm. And so... Um, I felt more afraid, you know, in a way, 
Like until I started to really understand who I was, I felt more afraid because I'm like, wow, if they knew what was under, if they knew, mm. but I felt more afraid. So being trans just kind of brought on more rejection, more yeah. rejection of myself and more fear of opening up. And so just getting to that point where, but I needed to, to realize that, well, this feels awful. I'm doing this to myself and I want to feel rejected. I can recognize where, get my sense of self and go into spaces where I feel comfortable and I can be open and authentic. I could go into that barbershop and I could say I'm trans and they'll probably want to kick me out. Fine. I didn't feel like that before, but I'm okay with it now. I felt like I needed their approval. I'm one of you. I need, no, I'm not. I'm not. Now this is just for Lee Hopkins. Don't come for me in these comments. I'm telling you, (laughs) don't come for me in these comments, but I have a different experience than they do. And I can connect to them on, on some experiences, but other ones I can't. I'm willing to sit down and listen and and be there and I'd hope that they were able to they're interested to sit down and listen to my experience too but if they're not it's exhausting for me to do that and there's no real benefit for me to do that and I think I went uh sidetracked on the spiel there but really I really just want them to understand my experience and I want to understand their experiences as well because you know as a black male who grew up or a person of color grew up uh as a man you know, uh, being uh, harassed by the police is not one thing that that happened to me that I could speak to my experience, Mm. but they could. But now all of a sudden I'm like, you know, I didn't grow up with it, but they could tell me about their experience because they were in this body much longer than I was. Does that make sense? Makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, that's uh, very, uh, yeah, that's very unique. Thanks for uh, sharing that with me. I appreciate it. Um, all right. Well, uh, I got one more question. It's uh, the name of the podcast. So uh, Coach Lee Hopkins, God, yay or nay? Yay. <laughs> yay. <laughs> yay. He, yes. he said that with like a question mark at the end. Like, yay? Are we yay? I guess so. <laughs> I, like, can, can we move on? <laughs> I was I was trying to to match that that energy that you've got there, that fun energy. But yay, I'd I'd say yay. Yes. Okay, awesome. We're, we are, I would say we, we are that and we are the creators of our, of our own journeys. Nice. All right. I love that. Um, yeah. So uh, for my audience, you help out a lot of people with uh, building friendships, uh, overcoming loneliness and a lot of like good self-development work. So uh, if people want to get a hold of your coaching, uh, can, please let them know anywhere they can find you or anything you want to promote. Uh, please do it now. Oh, yeah. So you can find me at Patterns of Possibility. That's where that's my company that I started because of the the patterns that I've noticed. Mm -hmm. So Patterns of Possibility slash More Possibility is where you can find um, my 10 tips to create meaningful conversations. So we touched a bit on it. Nora touched a bit on it when we talked, but you can find my 10 tips there. And also I have a course on understanding connections. So all the stuff that I discussed here about how it is important to be able to understand someone else's experience, but not only understand, but able to 
demonstrate to them that you understand their experience is what creates the connection. So in this course, it's absolutely free. I show you exactly what I mean, and it gives you tips to start making that connection yourself. So you can find that at Patterns of Possibility slash More Possibility. All right, I'll toss that in the bio so people can just uh, easily click it and uh, get to there. And uh, yeah, and then uh, anything else you want to share, Ali, before I we are done here? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I had a great time and it was a really great conversation. I appreciate you allowing me to, to be on your podcast and to have this one wonderful, fun conversation with you. You're such a joy to chat with. Oh, thanks so much, man. Uh, yeah, and you as well. And uh, I really appreciate you coming on. So uh, yeah, thank you so much. And let's do this again in the future. Oh, definitely, definitely. All right, that was another episode. Thanks for listening, everybody. Please like and subscribe to the podcast. Give it a good rating. That always helps. And share it with like-minded people. I really do appreciate that. You can check me out at NewerKidY on Instagram. Or check out my website, NewerKidY.com. You can see my comedy. You can see my comedy dates that are coming up. And all that other information. We're part of the comedy here often. Podcast Network on 604 Records. But I'll see you next time on another episode of God Yay or Nay.